Hello, welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me at livetoone110.com. Today we are having Max Gotzler on the podcast. I met him at the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference, and he spoke about testosterone production, how to improve testosterone production. So I thought I'd have him on the podcast to talk about that very thing. A lot of people today are suffering from low hormone production, adrenal fatigue, and we're going to talk about all of the inhibitors of testosterone production and lots of tips about things that you can do today to begin improving your testosterone levels and feeling better and having and enjoying a better, healthier libido. <laughs> Uh, but first, we have to do the disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything that we suggest today on the show. And now it's time for our detox tip of the day. I want to talk a little bit about nickel toxicity. Um, it's one of the most common toxicities that I do find in my client population and in speaking with other uh, detox professionals that detox their clients. And nickel is problematic because it doesn't show very readily on a hair mineral analysis. That's the first tool uh, that I use when working with clients. And uh, some clients, you know, they're very, very nickel toxic, so it does show. But for many others, when I do a urine metals push test using certain chelators, then they are, you know, we, we find that they are in fact nickel toxic. It's very, very common if you've ever had braces, you have a lot of crowns and dental work and um, certain exposures like mercury amalgam fillings also contain mercury, uh, nickel as well as mercury. They're amalgams, so there's a number of metals in mercury fillings. Um, nickel toxicity is a big problem. And one of the main features of nickel toxicity is low-grade depression. Um, some people even have suicidal thoughts from it. So if, uh, you know, Detoxing really helps to improve your emotional life and your mental functioning um, because uh, I studied psychology for many years just as a personal interest of mine and always wondered um, why why I had low-grade depression. And nickel toxicity, which I, I was toxic in at one time, definitely contributed to the problem. And uh, nickel, like I said, it just causes this low-grade malaise where you just Maybe your life is going really well and you have a good family and a good job and you generally are taking care of yourself, but you just don't feel that great or you just don't feel the joy that you should be feeling. It can be from nickel. So uh, I can't stress it enough. If you're not feeling right emotionally, physically, or mentally, you have low energy, brain fog, etc., you want to investigate your sources of toxicity. So let's get to our guest today. Um, his name is Maximilian Gotzler. He is the founder and CEO of BioTracker and Flowgrade. Um, he's a former professional athlete. He's a blogger and organizer of the Quantified Self Group in Berlin and is one of the leading influencers of the German quantified self uh, and biohacking scene. Max has received significant media coverage, including uh, Zeet Online, ARD Panorama, Bloomberg, Brand Eins, ARD, Mattis Magazine, 
RTL Extra, Weld Compact, Berliner Courier, Deutsche Well, NDR, and several others. Hopefully I said that with a really good uh, German accent. <laughs> and as an NCAA basketball player at Boston University, Max discovered the usefulness of self-quantification to optimize physical and mental performance. Inspired by biohacking pioneers like Dave Asprey and Tim Ferriss, Max started tracking different biomarkers and connecting them to his diet, fitness level, sleep, and other parameters. Max has presented his findings on vitamin D and testosterone at the Quantified Self Conference in Europe and Amsterdam 2014. With BioTracker, Max is pursuing his vision to use the power of cutting-edge diagnostics to enhance human performance and to offer tools and actionable guidelines to everyone who wants to upgrade his or her physical and mental capacities. Maximilian's newest project is the Flow Grade Show, a promising biohacking podcast featuring guests such as Dave Asprey and many other experts in their respective fields. With the development of the brand Flowgrade, Max and his team are working to offer high-quality nutritional products to complement the lab services offered through BioTracker. In addition, Max is a a frequent speaker at health events and conferences on biohacking, self-optimization, and self-quantification in Germany and Europe. Maximilian holds a master's in economics from the Sorbonne University in Paris and a BA in psychology from Boston University. And when he's not trying a new paleo dish or recording a podcast or writing for his blog, Max loves to play cheesy pop songs on the piano and he currently lives in Berlin, Germany. Max, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for, for inviting me, Wendy. Well, it's very nice to meet you at the uh, Bulletproof Biohacking Conference. You were there. Uh, you were speaking, correct? Likewise, yeah, I was uh, speaking. I actually gave a talk about a testosterone experiment that I've done and taught people how to raise their testosterone uh, while in the room. That nice. Well, you're exciting. gonna you're gonna teach us that today because I know a lot of uh, men out there, especially coming to me, they're looking to uh, you know have more muscle mass and increase their libido and just overall you know feel better by increasing their testosterone levels. So, um, but let's talk a little bit about you first. Um, how did you you know venture into becoming a biohacker? So I actually come from professional sports. So this is my story. I. I grew up being a basketball player in Southern Germany and, you know, I was tall enough. I'm about six, seven and uh, 220, 230 and big guy could handle the ball, could shoot it. And I got a scholarship in the United States. So I went over there. I spent my first two years at Oregon Tech, smaller school in the West, and then transferred to Boston University, BU, the Terriers, and, and finished up my college career there. And while over there, I was really fascinated already by how I'd say even in college, which is amateurs pretty much, you know, you're not paid to play, but still we had a huge coaching set. We were trained, we were using functional methods. We were pretty much doing CrossFit before CrossFit even existed and uh, tracking ourselves. And every month we received this sheet with markers uh, strength markers or how you know fast we would sprint uh, our some of our blood markers and our physical trainers that tracked us over the course of the preseason at least and and saw if 
if we improved and how the training worked out and if we gained strength, if we became more uh, fit in a way. And I was really fascinated by this tracking aspect. And I noticed that just the fact that I tracked something already helped me improve because it made me aware. It motivated me to keep going. It showed me progress. And that's kind of how I got into the quantified self scene. So that was around the years when Kevin Kelly started the quantified self movement in San Francisco and with Gary Wolf. And at one point, then I went to a quantified self conference just because I was interested. And so now quantified self and biohacking are quite related. I would say quantified self is focused more on the tracking aspect and biohacking is then using technology data in order to tweak and improve the screws of your body to upgrade body and mind. Mm -hmm. And so this was sort of the, the natural progression from sports to quantified self, uh, the value of tracking to improving biohacking. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I started following the blogs, Dave Asprey quite early, actually, Tim Ferriss, uh, Ben Greenfield, these guys, and uh, started my own website in Germany. And at first, actually, I started a website that helped people get insights into their blood work to track vitamin D levels. And I partnered up with a lab and sold a, a very easy dry spot blood test for vitamin D. And uh, while I was doing this, I ju just started, I met Dave Asprey in person at a conference and I proposed to him that I could try, offer to the same clientele, the same clients, I, I assumed would also be interested in Bulletproof products to distribute Bulletproof products. And so mm -hmm. I started my shop, which is called Flowgrade, and added the Bulletproof products and started adding my own products, a vitamin D product, and uh, and created content. And people just be became drawn to the content more and more. So we are very content-driven e-commerce now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this is how somehow how that evolved over the last couple of years, how I became professional biohacker in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I love biohacking too. I do it with hair mineral analysis and urine metals, push testing and other, all the other functional diagnostic tests that I do. And very, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I'm so, really excited about this hair analysis. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to do one for you. And very, very important to track that as well. Not just your hormone levels. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. universal. Yeah, because a lot of metals do affect your ability to produce hormones. So very, very important. They affect your adrenal function, especially mercury. And mm. so very important to uh, detox those, to enhance testosterone production. So let's talk about testosterone. So why are so many people having problems with low testosterone today? So I would say the elements that cause low testosterone are the same that I usually recommend for people to, to increase that testosterone, which is usually, you know, high amounts of stress, uh, alcohol, bad diet, eating all the time, low amount of sleep, uh, not really intense exercise or just, you know, not intense enough. Uh, but maybe even going a, a, a step back, how I got into testosterone, because this is actually a related subject. It's, it's not my story into biohacking, but while I was playing in, in the NCAA Division One basketball at Boston University, I was diagnosed by a doctor all of a sudden without really having any symptoms with a deficiency in testosterone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a male athlete on the highest level, this was sort of a, a shock for me. So 
it changed everything. It changed how I behaved in the locker room. How I was, how confident I felt on the court. And I really, I, th I thought I have low testosterone. And later on, I found out that, that this one test was really not significant. And I've done a, a, an experiment where I tested myself every second day for a whole month in order to find out if there was really something wrong with me. And I found out there was nothing wrong, but there were days where I had lower testosterone and there were days where I had higher testosterone. Mm -hmm. And so then with tools of quantified self, sleep tracker and uh, a mood tracker, I used this, uh, this app called Mappiness that asks you twice a day how you feel. And I tracked my sleep and my diet. And then I put it all over each other. So I had my testosterone levels of one month, which were about 10, 10 tests, I think. And then I had my sleep data and my mood data and my uh, nutrition data, my diet. And it was really interesting. So I could definitely see this was a self-experiment. So it's not really scientific. It's, it's yeah. N equals one yeah. quantified self-study. But still, it was quite clear to me that uh, I had mornings where I had really high testosterone that they were always after nights of really good sleep where I didn't drink alcohol before, where, where I had at least, I'd say, more than seven hours of sleep and the highest level I actually had with nine hours of sleep. And the lowest levels I had when I went out partying, when I drank alcohol, when I slept only three to four hours. And so this is almost common sense. It sounds like common sense, but seeing this in front of you, that this really gives you a sort of clarity that, yeah, this is actually working. Sleep is working. Diet is working. And uh, this is how I then became more and more interested in testosterone and started reading up on it and preparing presentations. And I gave a talk at the Quantified Self Conference and the Biohacking Conference about testosterone. And so that's how I found out more and more about it. And you're, you're right. I mean, there are a lot of men and also actually women uh, dealing with testosterone issues. So it's also present in women. It's not produced in the testicles, but in the ovaries mostly, 90% of it, the rest in the adrenal glands. And uh, it, it's just for men, this very important marker. I think it's probably more hyped, hyped up than, than it probably should be because there are other hormones that are equally important as important. Um, but testosterone is just this, this one hormone that's associated with masculinity and strength. And, yeah. and it's an, it's a very good indicator also if something's going wrong in, in your lifestyle. And, uh, I'm, I really, I was quite surprised how many men there are dealing with testosterone issues. And I think it's really a combination of factors. So going back to your question, it's a combination of bad dieting, too much alcohol, too little sleep, too little exercise. And uh, this accumulates and it's, it becomes this vicious cycle where you have low testosterone, you feel less confident, you, you're less disciplined, you eat worse, you feel worse, you have even lower testosterone the next day, and so on and so on. The same, the virtuous cycle. So once you start... Uh, improving your lifestyle or your diet and, and including a couple elements that actually benefit your, your well-being, your testosterone goes up, you feel better, you feel more confident, your testosterone goes even higher and so on. Mm -hmm. So this is why I think it's, it's such a, such an inter interesting indicator.
Yeah. And I have a lot of clients that come to me that are suffering from adrenal fatigue and you need to have healthy adrenals to produce testosterone and you need to have healthy cholesterol intake to produce testosterone. You have healthy zinc levels um, because zinc is, uh, testosterone is made from zinc. Are there any other um, issues that will prevent uh, testosterone production? There are, I mean, it's the, the process maybe once you understand the process, uh, or, or at least that happened for me, once I understood the process, then I could understand why some things work and why some things don't work. So when the body tells the brain that it needs testosterone, it starts in the hypothalamus and then there's a hormone. I mean, you, you know that better than me, but th this is the simple version, I think, for, for someone like me, for an athlete to understand it. It's, it's a hormone called uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone, which is being released. And it, it tells... It's, um, two other hormones to, to be released, which is follicle stimulating hormone, FSH and luteinizing hormone. And the one is then causing sperm production, uh, which is uh, FSH and luteinizing hormone is actually then telling the testicles to produce testosterone out of cholesterol. And, uh, understanding this process will make you understand why diet works and why, uh, I'll actually give some advice a little later to what, what, what people can do immediately in order to increase the testosterone production. And I'm quite confident in telling people that because I've tested it for one month and I've seen it with me. So at least I can say, you know, this worked for me. It might work for you as well. And uh, so this process can be disturbed by a bunch of stuff. So, uh, for example, cortisol is inhibiting testosterone production. So when you feel really stressed, when you don't get enough sleep, it uh, causes your cortisol metabolism to, to not work adequately. And then your testosterone might be deficient. The same with if you, if you don't get enough cholesterol. So if you don't eat a high fat diet or a very low fat diet, that might cause a deficiency in testosterone. And so these are just a couple of examples. They're, they're more. Yeah. And it's important to eat meat. A lot of my vegetarian clients have low hormone levels and adrenal fatigue and uh, don't get adequate zinc levels because they're not eating red meat. So I think that's really important as well. Yeah. 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 And so um, what is the importance of ma maximizing testosterone production? So just for some very basics, what, why you need testosterone? What are the benefits of having a high testosterone level? So it's an anabolic hormone. So this means that it's actually a, a building hormone. So first of all, for, for men, it's so interesting because it helps build muscle. It makes you feel more confident. It uh, increases your libido, your sex drive. Uh, you get harder erections. You just overall feel more masculine. Actually, there are very similar effects in women in terms of libido and I think muscle growth as well and 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 confident and, and mood related issues as well. It's so it raises mood and, uh, there are also, well, it, there are a couple of myths actually with testosterone that might be worth addressing, which is that it causes roid rage. This is actually, I looked into several studies and this is actually not true. So it doesn't make people more aggressive. It actually, uh, quite the opposite. It makes people more honest. There's one study that showed that people with uh, elevated testosterone tend to be more loyal and more honest 
And uh, people that tend to be dishonest, they actually have lower levels of testosterone. So I wouldn't rely on just that one study that I found, but that was quite interesting, I thought. And so um, also in the animal kingdom, it's quite clear that the, the alpha males that, you know, have really low cortisol, high testosterone, that they are the more calm people, even so under stress. And that's why they're more respected because they actually act quite rationally, even under high amounts of stress. Mm -hmm. So these are all the the benefits of high testosterone that you actually feel uh, able to deal with stress and you feel stronger, more confident, you have more energy, you're more proud. Uh, well, is that a word? In sexually yeah. prowess? That, that's prowess, right. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there are lots of benefits that come with, with I, I wouldn't even say high testosterone, I'd say optimal testosterone for, for a given individual because for yeah. everyone it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, I know I had experience myself. I was having some health problems that prompted, you know, my own, my own journey into health and my website, live to 110.com. And I uh, was, you know, not feeling so great, having a hard time losing weight and yada, yada, yada. So I went to my physician and did hormone testing and I had the hormone levels of a menopausal woman, which was really thrilling to hear at 37. And one of them was, I had very low testosterone levels and, you know, um, but now they're completely normal, you know, since I've healed my adrenals, changed my sleep, detoxed, uh, changed my diet, whatnot. Now they've completely normalized. So very, very happy about that. But I know there's a lot of women out there that, uh, you know, not, you know, having the most enviable lifestyle and diet that, you know, find themselves with no libido in, you know, in their thirties and forties and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, they need to follow the tips that you're talking about to improve their testosterone levels and their libido and their sex life. Yeah. So actually at the conference, I, I met someone that, uh, related to what you just said, uh, told me that he always notices when, when, when women have impurities on their skin, like in this area on the chin, for example, that there might be some testosterone issue the liver and the, the liver is not detoxing correctly and there's too much testosterone accumulating apparently this is then the, the problem of too much testosterone uh, and the other person uh, he was even working in the field he told me that a lot of the products that people commonly use uh, in the shower shower gels and cleansers and so on they contain some sort of toxins that actually inhibit testosterone production. And uh, he referred to study as well. I only briefly talked to him, but this is actually something I would really would like to dig in, uh, in, in this whole testosterone subject. Yeah. Uh, well, it makes next. sense because a lot of the, I study a lot of products, ingredients and products and perfumes and preservatives like parabens are estrogenic. They block estrogen receptor sites or xenoestrogen. So it makes sense that if you have an excess of estrogen, albeit a xenoestrogen, a fake estrogen, that could definitely block testosterone production. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so let's talk about working out. So you do a lot of working out. Um, what kind of uh, workouts maximize testosterone production? And does working out itself, lifting weights and other types of workouts, improve testosterone levels? So working out actually is one of the better methods to increase testosterone, definitely. Uh, the one thing that really makes the difference is intensity. So it's not really the length of any workout. And what I've noticed is really that as 
short as four minutes is enough in order to get benefits and and to to increase not only your muscle growth and to the release of uh, HGH human growth hormone and testosterone, uh, but also your aerobic conditioning. It's it, it all gets better. There's one study actually where people performed four four minute workouts per week, so for a total of 16 minutes. In comparison to a control group that worked out four times for 30 minutes, so a total of two hours. And the 60-minute group with short but highly intense workouts had a lot more, uh, or let's say, more significant results in terms of muscle growth and conditioning and how they felt. Actually, in the study, I'm not sure if testosterone was mentioned, but I'm pretty sure that they probably also had... uh, elevated testosterone in comparison to the control group and the control group was doing just 30 minutes of basic cardio workout so not intense so this intensity aspect seems to be highly significant mm-hmm. so when when you work out it's better to do a short workout but highly intense in order to really uh, initiate this release of human growth hormone to get your hormones just production going and with also but causing testosterone to be produced. Mm-hmm. So walking by the lake, maybe not so great for testosterone production. Might not. Well, <laughs> it, it might give you some sort of uh, uh, creative boost. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I also consider that really an important aspect to just relax and maybe go for a walk and and, and breathe in the good air there. But probably it doesn't really help your testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> so what about weightlifting? Uh, is that, uh, you know, by building muscle mass, do you in turn build or, you know, increase testosterone production? Yeah. So the same thing is, uh, with intensity it can be cardio, uh, based, but it can also be weight based. So using higher weights with slower movements, getting a lot of strain on the muscle, causing sort of almost damage to the muscle will, will cause hormonal release. So, uh, this is also... So, well, a fairly clear finding that, you know, if you, if you lift higher weights, if you do more intense exercises, uh, either with higher weights or, uh, well, more intense cardio workouts, then you will have higher testosterone. Okay. And so let's talk about, you know, what your morning routine looks like. Um, and so how, what are you personally doing to maximize your testosterone production? <laughs> uh, this is actually a really interesting topic because I'm, I'm totally obsessed with my morning routine. I'm switching it up quite a bit as well. And right now, you know, I'm living in Berlin, Germany, which is quite dark. So we have really short days in the winter and now it's still still winter. And one of the things that I just included and which is also related to testosterone production is light therapy. So uh, inspired by Dave Asprey, I bought this big construction lamp that I put (laughs) uh, diagonally above uh, my head in in the kitchen in one of the corners and it's shining on me. And actually the first time I used it, I left it on for like five hours and it's a 500 watt lamp. And I had an engineer friend come by and he's like, Max, how how long did you have that lamp burning? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, the whole day. He's like, you, <laughs> you're, uh, what, what is it? The, the power bill, it's going to be insane. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> power, power is quite expensive here. And, uh, so then now I just keep it on for about 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
but I love it because it's really, it's, it's telling my body that it's day. Yes. And it normalizes my serotonin and the melatonin production. I, to- I very much noticed that when I switch that on, I totally, my body starts waking up and uh, it normalizes this, this serotonin melatonin metabolism, which is a major cause over here for seasonal affective disorder, which is the winter depression or the winter blues. So I use that. Vitamin D is huge. Vitamin D is actually probably the number one supplement I would recommend for testosterone uh, supplementation as well, naturally, uh, because it's not really a vitamin. It's actually a hormone and it's closer to a steroid uh, hormone than, uh, than actually a vitamin. And so it is a substrate for testosterone as well. It it increases testosterone production. There's several studies pointing that there, there's definitely a correlation between low testosterone, low vitamin D, and the opposite. Mm. So I think uh, this is one that I use. Then meditation is something that I think keeps my cortisol down, which is an antagonist to testosterone. So that's also related. I try to tie it to testosterone as <laughs> you might notice everything, but so I use, I actually have it right here. It's called the five minute journal. You might know that. I think it's great. So I, I, I do a little bit of gratitude. I write down three things that I'm grateful for every morning. Then I do 15 minutes of meditation, uh, using the, the app headspace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so this, this kind of keeps me going. Then I have a bulletproof coffee. Now I actually do. Uh, a, a short four minute Tabata workout almost every morning. Mm-hmm. So I have a, we have a rowing machine now here. My dad got one for Christmas. So I use that. I really like the four minute, uh, Tabata rowing, which is 20 seconds as hard as I can, 10 seconds break, 20 seconds as hard as I can for four minutes. Mm-hmm. And after that, I break a sweat. And then the next part, you, you notice I have a lot of elements of my morning routine. But then the next part is something that I got from Ben Greenfield, which is cold showers. And this fun. is actually also, this is a lot of fun. And what cold showers do, and I recently came across a study that says that uh, this cold exposure releases gonadotropin releasing hormone, which if you remember, is the first step of testosterone production in the hypothalamus. So cold exposure helps re- induce this, the release of, of this hormone. And, uh, so what I do is I time five minutes, I step under the cold shower and then I do the, the Ben Greenfield method, which is 20 seconds, ice cold, 10 seconds warm in order to really get the vessels, the blood vessels, uh, opening and closing and, and training them as well. And after that, I feel super energetic and, uh, ready for the day. So that's a lot of components. <laughs> that's again? a lot of components to your morning routine <laughs> yeah you know I, i'm not following it as so strictly that i always do everything so sometimes for example i'd leave out the the meditation or the workout uh because i could easily spend two hours on my morning routine yeah and now i'm gonna get you to add an infrared sauna to that morning routine so you can yeah detoxing. i'm really interested about that <laughs> But That's we'll get into that another time. <laughs> I've never seen it over here. I know that in, in, in the US right now, a lot of people are talking about it in, in, in the in the health scene. And and I've never been in one and I've never seen it here. Mm. I haven't come across the lake. Yes, well you yeah. have to you'll have to introduce it to Germany. 
that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, I have to research. There must be someone who who produces it over here. Yeah. So um, let's talk about like any tips. So, so what are some practical tips that you can give the listeners on how they can increase their testosterone? So hands down, first one, and I know this sounds uh, very common sense, but it's sleep. Sleep is not only for testosterone, it's the number one biohack. Your body is recovering. Everything is normalizing. Your your hormonal production is is well being if affected and is being normalized in your sleep, your muscles grow, your, your body recovers, your brain desynchronizes and synchronizes. You, you start memorizing things that you, you know, experience over the day. And so sleep definitely. And testosterone production is, uh, the highest in while, while you sleep. And also the, the, the quality of sleep is also really important. So it's not only the amount that you lay in bed, but it's also the, the amount that you spend in deep sleep. Where that's where the transformation from cortisol to testosterone is is happening. So number two, I would say, is switching to a high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet. So eating a lot of good fats and giving your body enough cholesterol to make testosterone and other hormones out of it. This is huge. And so one good fat that you can include, which would be actually the next step, which I'd say strategic supplementation, um, is butter. Butters, and especially grass-fed butter, is rich in vitamin A and vitamin K, and which both have shown to increase testosterone production and also help with the absorption of vitamin D, or at least with the absorption of cal- calcium in your in your bones, and, and calcium is being regulated by vitamin D. So... Um, well, first sleep, second high fat diet, third strategic supplementation. I would actually also recommend to, if, if people don't eat enough fish to maybe have a uh, omega three cod liver oil supplement of some sort, um, and vitamin D. Then number four, I'd say cold exposure, which is my newest passion, which is cold showers. Uh, you can do cold baths. I'm not a big fan of that because it's it's time consuming. And usually, you have to get the ice somehow. You don't have, if you don't have an ice machine at home. So I think cold showers you get most of the benefits. Uh, apparently, the, the, your body really starts transforming itself once you do the cold baths for 10 minutes, really in ice cold water. Mm-hmm. I tried that before. It's I think cold showers for me work fine enough so I, yeah i've been yeah. doing cryotherapy oh um, yeah for the for past couple of months there's a place in los angeles here you can pay like 300 dollars a month and go as much as you want and i went uh fairly often for about a month and then i really began chickening out and driving the other way but <laughs> i'd be, go to my gym and then i'd you know start going to the cryotherapy and then i would just chicken out it's really painful <laughs> is, is it really painful it's not, it's not fun. No. Okay. Cause the temperature is negative 240. That's the temperature. You're only in there for two minutes and a lot of, a lot of benefits. I noticed that my inflammation went down in my body. I have a couple of injuries and I wasn't having pain, um, anymore as a result. And, you know, nice weight loss benefits. Cause it, when your body's trying to heat itself back up, that burns a lot of calories. Um, but you know, right. Not so comfortable, but not as comfortable as the cold showers <laughs> probably are. 
Yeah. So uh, this is uh, this is actually something I, that also uh, I got from some of the other biohackers. Uh, that they wear cold vests now. They actually, they put on gloves because your hands and your feet, they're sort of your antennas that tell your brain that you're feeling cold. Mm -hmm. So when you, you can hack that. So they they wear these cold vests to get the benefits of of cold exposure, of sort of cold therapy, I'd say. And then, but they, the the body doesn't really know that it's feeling cold. So yeah. Yeah. I see Ben Greenfield doing that. He does a lot of posts with him. With his yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I thought, oh God, poor guy. <laughs> he's torturing himself. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he's, he no, has a lot I'd, of benefits. I'd be interested in doing that. And yeah, so um, the next one will be exercise. Definitely. That's that's probably one of the top three. Uh, and so you so, said you can do too, like there's too much and too little. Like what is the sweet spot for exercise? For exercise. What I've found is that about 20 minutes being active per day is enough. This is really the minimal optimal, I'd say, to get uh, all the benefits and and to to look great. Ben would say to look good naked and to live forever. And uh, so 20 21 minutes actually, I think, was was the sweet spot. So, but that included also light exercise such as walking on the lake uh, or uh, having sex, for example, as well. So I'd say a 10 minute really intense workout and a 10 minute walk would probably do the the work for someone who just wants to look at naked and, and be in shape for someone running a marathon or competing in, in a bodybuilding competition. I think that doesn't really do it. So you need to include a couple more, exercises when i was playing professional basketball then here in germany in the second division i worked out at least two three hours a day uh, doing one hour of weight training and then uh one hour of cardio and then we had yeah just basketball practice so i think it, it it differs on what goals you have but i think you're your minimal optimal for someone just wanting to to look good and, and to be in shape I think it, it's not more than 20 to 30 minutes per day. Yeah. And so when you're exercising, say that three hours a day are, and I, everyone has a different tolerance, you know, some people can do ultra marathons and they're, they're okay. They can tolerate that. Other people like myself would die. Um, but you know, if you're working out three hours a day and are you releasing a lot of cortisol, do you think that's blocking the testosterone production? Uh, that like perhaps that's why you were having a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so you, there's there's definitely the, the case of overtraining. This is also something that I haven't really dug into uh, yet. Of I've I think I've been overtrained before. Uh, I've never really tested for it, but it's definitely an issue with athletes, and that's why uh, a lot of athletes tend to then uh, compensate with supplements or also with. The substances that might not be so helpful for your body, and they they overdo it with proteins and with creatine and 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 so on. And I think also with them, there, there's always the sweet spot. So to get it right, to get the um, the training and the recovery and the supplementation, whatever your body needs, this is a science in, in, in itself. And I think recovery, uh, especially in professional sports, is still underrated. I think it. People, athletes don't get enough recovery. I mean, we were always, our performances 
um, throughout the season always decreased. So we always increased in the off season, and then over the course of the season, we just yeah, you 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 overtrain at some point. Okay, yeah, and so um, so you use a lot of biohacking. So on your website, you talk a lot about biohacking. And so why don't we talk a little bit about how we can use technology to biohack and understand our health better and just talk a little bit about what you do uh, on your website. Okay. So the website is called Flowgrade. So that's important because the, the name came because I was really fascinated with the concept of flow. So Chikchik Michali, who started this, this whole, I'd say, fascination with flow with this TED Talk. And then Stephen Kotler, who wrote the book, uh, The Rise of Superman, uh, really explained that flow is not only an esoteric concept, you know, being in flow and, or being in the zone as an athlete, but it's actually a biochemical process. And so whatever I produce uh, on the website content uh, is, it's a biohacking website, but it's supposed to help you get into this moment, the state of flow, which for me is this moment where you're as present as you can possibly be. So as much in the moment as, as your body and your mind is possible to be. So uh, time dilutes, you totally are involved in whatever activity you're doing. You are uh, your your prefrontal cortex is shut off, so your ego vanishes. You're pretty much really just living, and uh, this is also in in studies has been shown to be the state that people are the most productive in, and also when they experience more flow in their lives, they're more they're happier, they're more successful, they have more successful relationships. So there is a lot of science there already. And, and, you know, Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel, the founders of the Flow Genome Project, they, they're digging this up right now and they're, they're spending all their time and resources right now on really researching flow. So that being said, uh, I think that the art of biohacking, which for me is using technology and nature in order to really find the best version of oneself, uh, is an ideal way of creating more flow in your life. So this all ties together. Mm-hmm. And this technological aspect, as well as the natural aspect, are really important concepts. So with technology, I think of quantified self-instrument, of sleep trackers, of activity trackers, of, of brainwave trackers, and so on, uh, in order to understand your biology a little better and how it interacts with your environment and with other people. And uh, once you understand what's happening, you can try to tweak it. You can experiment with that. Mm-hmm. And I think as biohackers, this is sort of our job. So on the website, I'm, I'm showing a lot of stuff that people experiment with. And I try to, because experimentation at first, it might not be valuable to the individual because uh, it might only be some sort of feedback. So someone is doing a test or an experiment with, with, with a sleep tracker and might find out something about himself. And this might be valuable or it might not be so valuable. And uh, on the website now, I'm, I'm trying to really dig up the value for my readers, for people. So 
biohackers, I think, are experimenting a lot and they're finding out, they're gaining feedback. There's this one saying that I love, which is there's no failure. There's always feedback. Even death is sort of a sort of feedback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, once you have the feedback, you can create conclusions and then you can actually create value and, and give it back to the readers. And this is, I think, how then I come up with five steps to increase testosterone, uh, four methods of uh, how you can have optimal sleep or uh, how you can burn more fat in four, with a four-minute exercise. So this is the content then, that I create, but it's much more than, than just that. Yeah, so tell us, what, what are your websites again? Where can we find you? So flowgrade.com is the, the major hub where I do stuff. The yeah, I'd say I only want to direct people to that because everything you need to know is is on there. I, I also have a podcast. Actually, yes. wait, yeah, I'd love to have you on there. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about biohacking your detox. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. I'll sign you up. And, uh, so yeah, everything is on there. And we actually just recently launched the, the English speaking website. So everything is now translated. And uh, uh, so I think everything I do is, is on there. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Max. I really appreciate it. I met you in person. I was really excited to have you come on the podcast. So I'm glad that we finally, you know, eight months later, I had you come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm later. really, really happy to be, be here. And uh, I feel quite honored to be on such yeah. a cool podcast. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so you much think? for coming. No worries at all. Always a pleasure. And and listeners, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, live2110.com. Learn all about detoxification and my version of paleo, the modern paleo diet. Thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.